0: be all the way in or get all the way out. It's like there's really no halfway. Like, you know, you can't halfway do the work, right? You can't halfway be present. You can't halfway create amazing content. You can't halfway be consistent. It's either you're consistent or you're not. It's either you're putting in the effort or you're not. You know, it's either you are, you know, really doing the work or you're not. There's no shortcuts. There are no hacks to this idea of
1: success. You're listening to Filtered Perceptions, a podcast that unravels our complicated perceptions about success and achievement by sharing unfiltered stories of growth and grace. My name is Siobhan John, and join me as I go behind the scenes of our social media highlight reels to share honest and relatable truths about creating a life that feels great for you instead of one that looks great to others. Have you ever wondered what your purpose in life is? In this episode of Filtered Perceptions, I speak with Lola Akin Kuo, a Nigerian-American, multifaceted, creative entrepreneur, writer, and educator at heart. As the founder of the digital platform, The Blogger Etiquette, Lola helps bloggers clarify their purpose, create impactful content, and build a memorable brand that can be seen, heard, and understood. Every day, Lola inspires her community to tell meaningful stories and use their purpose to make an imprint on the world around them. But in this episode, we go behind the filter to learn the story of the woman who turned her passion into purpose. Learn more about the obstacles that Lola has encountered along the way, and her message for folks who are trying to navigate through their own struggles. Now, as a veteran writer, Lola shares how she leaned into her hardships and how they've made her stronger, what every aspiring creative should know about success, and why it's time for us to stop majoring in minor things in our lives. You're really going to love what she has to say about this. Now, before we get started with our conversation with Lola, there was a little bit of sound issues, which I apologize for, but our conversation was so, so rich that I had to ensure that we shared this amazing discussion. So I hope you enjoy this episode and stay tuned to the end for some special reflection questions. To help you go deeper and unravel your own perceptions of success. So welcome Lola to Filtered Perceptions Podcast. How are you today? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Thank you. I am really excited to learn more about you and your journey with uh, building blogger etiquette as and your role is now as a, a creative coach and a brand curator creator, but Um, mainly just to go behind the scenes of your hustle and uh, learn more about what inspires you. Yes, I'm excited. (laughs) Thanks. Okay, so for folks who who may know you right now, um, you have an amazing platform with the blogger etiquette. That's how I found you through Instagram with a lot of the amazing um, stories that you share and the tips and just the fact that you've created such an amazing platform to help other women who want to share their story, but you've been at this for a few years now in terms of blogging and even on the journey of developing your own brand. So I wanted to rewind back to 2010. I think that's when you started your first blog.
0: Yes. Um, actually I started, I had a couple of blogs. Um, the blog that you're probably referring to is the poppy blog. Yes. Yeah, so I had a couple of other blogs before then that probably won't be mentioned, but (laughs) I have been kind of like dabbling in and out of blogging um, for quite some time now. Because you know, because we did have like the Tumblr days, which was kind of like blogging, and um, I did have a few uh, blogs, like some WordPress WordPress blogs back in the day as well. So I have been kind of dabbling in with blogging here and there for a couple of years, a little bit, probably like. I'll say about two thousand and uh two thousand and eight-ish. So um kind of goes far back goes as far back as then.
1: Wow. So those are like two thousand and seven times. I remember those times about like there was like tripod and GeoCities. and like even yeah. <laughs> way yeah,
0: back.
1: exactly. It was like the OG <laughs> blogging days. OG yes. blogging days. So when you kind of think back to those times when you're in that space and creating blogs or experimenting with blogs, like Who would you say you were as a person at that time? Like, what inspired Lola in 2007, 2008 to create a blog? Like, what did you know about blogging? Like, what was kind of the catalyst for you to um, start a blog or to create a platform for yourself at that time?
0: Um, At the time, I was just, I think, I was in this space of. Uh, discovery, and I think a lot of th- a lot of times with um, individuals who are looking for this space where they're kind of like, I guess, in search of themselves, in search of purpose or community, or just looking for an outlet to speak. Then blogging is inevitably like one of the first things that they think of. Well, not necessarily blogging, but writing right? And at the time, blogging was just that. It was a space where we can kind of go online and just kind of like, you know, pour our hearts out and just be as raw and transparent and as organic as possible. Um, think of, you know, personal essays as, you know, as sacred as what they are today, you know, several years ago, it was such a big thing at the time and people would just kind of like write as a means of expression. It wasn't even like a thing about generating leads or popularity. It was just a space where p- for me personally, I was looking for an um, opportunity or space where I can just be myself um, without prejudice and feel like I can just write and express myself in a way that I felt was true. And just document that journey so I can always go back and reflect and see just, okay, this is the woman that I was back then. And this is who I've grown um, to become to be in this day and age.
1: That's really awesome. So definitely from that period of self-discovery, you probably yes. learned a lot about yourself during that time. Um, and I think what's really awesome about you is that you share a lot of that sort of wisdom that you've gained in, in terms of inspirational quotes, <laughs> if you on your Instagram of just like motivating us to kind of push through the hard times. And you have like a, a particular quote that I loved on on your IG stories that said, like everything that you're going through is preparing you for what you asked for. So yeah. when you reflect on your own life or even just those moments when you were working on those blogs or having those periods of self-discovery, like what lessons or experiences have prepared you for the life and brand that you've created today?
0: Oh wow! There's just so many. I feel like, um, especially during my, I mean, it's just it's just so many different aspects of my life. I mean, there's lessons that I've learned in relationships, like um, more like uh, I guess boyfriends and things like that in the past, and like romantic relationships and things that I've learned in platonic relationships, there's things I've learned in college in my workspace. So even as a young version of myself, I mean, I remember even in college working. Uh, two, three jobs at a time, you know, trying to pay my own way through college at the time um, I was studying philosophy at Morgan State. So it was pretty difficult at the time um, doing a major that was so uh, heavy and focused on reading and studying and research and then trying to balance that with, know, working at Red Lobster and finish line and just running around. And I feel like at that time I was so overwhelmed and I was thinking to myself, like, this is just so unfair, right? Mm-hmm. Because all my friends, you know, they had their ways kind of like paid through college. They were, uh, you know, they had rooms on board on campus and they really didn't have to do too much working. You know, they had financial aid, everything was taken care of. And then I, on the other hand, just didn't quite have that same path. And I just always remember just feeling so like heavy, you know, just feeling constantly burdened that I'm just, I have all these things on my plate and I don't know how to handle it. And or I just didn't really see myself like making it through or see myself um, evolving past this point and fast forward to, you know, many years later, just being a wife and seeing that, okay, I am a wife and I'm running a full-time business. And I have a, a personal life outside of that. And I have a family and I have a home that I'm taken care of and I have a husband that I tend to. So just realizing that, you know, all of the things that God was putting on my lap, and it is very true, um, to the fact when they said like, you know, God will never give you more than you can handle. Mm-hmm. And at the time I was like, okay, wait, I am so burdened with so much, but then, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty right? So fast mm-hmm. forward to my life. Now I am seeing that God was pretty much preparing me to show me that, you know, I'm going to bless you, you know, abundantly, but I have to teach you how to um, I guess cope and and harmonize the way you balance work and, um, that you're passionate about with the work that you have to do to bring an income with the relationship that you have outside of that. So, I mean, that is just one aspect and just many things. A lot of times when, I mean, even a, a time in college when I did, um, I did lose a job and, I ended up getting um, evicted from my then apartment, and we didn't have a place to stay, like my, myself and my roommate at the time, so we didn't have a place to stay, and I remember just like we're um, in our car, um, the, my car wasn't working, so it was her car, so we're sitting in her car, and we're like at this McDonald's drive and just ordering like chicken nuggets or whatever, I think that was the only thing we could afford at the time, and we're in the car just like laughing like wow. This is our life now. This is just so we just like we couldn't even feel sorry for ourselves, but we just laughed like, how on earth did we get here? You know, and I was I really was going through it, you know, and my faith was constantly being tested and pushed to the brink. And again, just realize, you know, those things that I was going through, the loss of the things that I, I guess, thought that I could count on, i.e., a job or, you know, kind of like pushing my way through college and having to um, do so many things at the same time, when I look at the life that I have now, it has taught me to say, you know what, God really brought you through such one of the hardest moments in your life. You have no space to question, you know, who he is or what he's capable of. So it strengthened my faith. So everything in essence what I have now, um, the home, the relationships that I have now, the sense of peace that I have now, the faith that I have now, right? The faith to kind of like work the kind of work that I do and have the business that I have. It all came from those times in which I felt like I had nothing and I could only lean on God or those times when I felt like I was so overworked or so overwhelmed and yet I made it through. And that discipline that I learned then, um, just helped me so much in the life that I have now. You know, mm-hmm. the faith that I had that I built then helped me so much in the life that I have now. So I, I definitely stand by that, um, by that quote. You know, everything you're going through is, in fact, preparing you for you know everything that you ask for. You know, the ministry that you do, even the things that I can you know inspire people with or teach people now. It is a result of the the hurt or the troubles or the circumstances that I was able to kind of like arise from several years ago. And that's why I have that testimony that I can, you know, share and teach and inspire other people with. Um, Yes, I guess that in essence uh, relates to why I share that
1: quote and why I'm so passionate about or believe in it so much. Yeah, that is that's really encouraging because I think for anyone who's listening, like we all have moments where we've gone through challenge and we wonder and we question like what what is this trying to teach me or why is this happening or um not really knowing what's next um but just like when you put it in that context and that perspective of like looking at it as All of these trials and tribulations are setting you up for a big testimony later on and just to hold on to that faith. So I guess in those moments, like I'm sure you still even experience moments now, even though you've come through a lot of different um, uh, obstacles or challenges along the way. But like when maybe things pop up now, like what are some of the things that you say to yourself um, to help you through uh, those challenges?
0: um i guess it depends it depends on what kind of challenge yes. it is um to be honest sometimes uh self-talk isn't isn't quite helpful mm-hmm. right because sometimes we just need just like you know, outside person to kind of come in and encourage you and who's accountable but some things i mean i have scriptures anchor scriptures that i kind of just like reflect on and i feel like every and not to sound like super woo woo or anything but it just helps me like for instance um believe it or not so a lot of times I am a a bit timid when it comes to public speaking um so and it is something that I do often like the teaching that I do and you know speaking on the platforms that I do uh it's hard for people to know that or a lot of people may not know that this is in fact something that I'm kind of like um frightened by I mean and think about it because I think there was like a a study that showed the number one fear of people in the world is not even like heights or even death really it's Public speaking. So it's like, it's, it's a big thing that, you know, it's a big fear of mine. And so when I'm in these spaces where I'm afraid to do something or when I'm doubting myself, I just kind of like hold on to a specific scripture and just kind of anchor myself in that, I meaning like, you know, trusting that, you know, God, your void, can, I mean, your word cannot go back to your void, meaning like, you know, God doesn't lie about anything. So you said this, and I'm going to hold you accountable to that, right? So in every moment in my life when I'm in like this space where it's like, okay, I'm struggling maybe with my um, identity, or I'm struggling with the sense of feeling like I belong or struggling with work and feeling like I can't balance or do all the work that I need to do, or I'm stressed, or I'm afraid, I kind of like, um, find like a scripture that I can anchor myself in that I can just kind of like say to myself repeatedly, until I can, you know, until I believe and I can affirm myself in that thing. So that is just kind of how I kind of pep myself up a little bit if I have to do it myself. Or obviously, you know, having a solid team around you is something that I count on a lot when I am going through like some hard times because they don't, they don't seize, right? Just because you had like a hard season doesn't mean you're never going to revisit that again, right? Yes. Um, But, and that's not, I mean, that's another thing about seasons, right? Because. The thing about it, I've I've personally learned that if we, the things that we don't kind of like learn from, like if we're in like a really trying period in our life and we just kind of like resist that thing, we will keep kind of circle back to that moment until we learn or we grow or evolve in the way that God intended that season to be. So I think with the work or me as an entrepreneur or as a wife or just a woman in general, like the seasons where like I'm struggling with something, if I don't really relinquish control and just really lean into my faith, I will find that in one form or the other, I'm gonna revisit that same exact problem. So what I've just learned to do is like, you know what, whatever test that I'm experiencing right now is just in my best interest really, to just like really put my, you know, do what I do, practice in essence, like the things that I'm learning as far as like what I believe I'm meant to do and my purpose and what God has called me to do and lean into that and just have that faith. Or I'm just going to keep revisit- revisiting that same struggle. So in essence, when I am in those hard moments, I think the best part for me in essence, like I said, is just simply just leaning into that, leaning more into my faith and just holding a scripture that will encourage me to kind of move on from that season or that you know that period in my life where I am feeling like burdened or overwhelmed or you know, whatever the case may be.
1: I completely agree with you on leaning into the seasons or that, that part, um, that struggle or hardship that you might be experiencing. Cause I personally experienced that firsthand when that thing, it, it will always come back, you know, like it's always exactly. like, I think Oprah it's talks always- about it It's just like, it starts like your life is always speaking to you. And it's really up to us to make sure that we're tuning in and listening because each time it speaks out to us, it'll start off very small and then it'll get bigger and bigger and bigger Exactly, no choice <laughs> to pay attention. So I completely agree that it's important just to lean into those, you know, seasons of struggle sometimes that we have and just mm-hmm. trust yourself that you are able to make it through. So I wanted to talk a little bit about what you do now. Uh, you have uh-huh. the blogger etiquette, uh, where you're a creative coach and work. Uh, I think it's primarily with—is it female entrepreneurs that you work with? Yes. So bloggers and online entrepreneurs, primarily women. So yes, female entrepreneurs. Obviously, you're correct on that. Awesome. So let's talk a little bit about like how did that come about? Like from all of the different um, adventures that you had from kind of like the Tumblr days of creating blogs and, um, having it more, I guess, be from a personal lifestyle perspective to now creating a platform that's helping, um, other entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs or bloggers to create their own businesses and platforms for themselves. So what was sort of the, the catalyst and inspiration behind blogger etiquette? And, um, what went into in terms of like, what were the moments that contributed to rebranding? I think it was Think Poppy to blogger editing. Yes.
0: Yes. Um, wow. It's almost like it was like a domino effect, but just not really. It wasn't like an instant domino effect, but I think it was just like a series of, of different moments collected over time. So, you know, when I had Think Poppy, I was, at the time, I was still working at SS Magazine. So, um, so yeah, let's kind of like rewind, right? So I, was, I had yeah. Think Poppy in college, and that was, I think, the blog that, um, when blogging became like this very kind of like, you know, popular thing. So that was a blog that I had at the time that I was kind of notorious for. So a lot of people knew me as the, you know, the writer behind Think Poppy. And they would even call me Think Poppy if they saw me in public. So <laughs> um, so yes, and that was just like, I was just so attached to the blog. I loved it. I loved writing. So for me personally, I knew um, that whatever I did in life, I knew I was going to write and I was going to teach. Like those were the two things that I was never going to compromise on and the things I never wanted to sacrifice in regards to what I was passionate about and what I felt like I was purposed to do. So that was kind of how, again, like how the Think Copy version started. But then I wasn't really clear on the direction that I wouldn't think Poppy to go in. It was like one of those things. And I think a lot of creatives, we struggle with this, is that we're we're so passionate about so many things. And um, because we don't want to relent on any of the things that we're passionate about, we try to kind of build an intersection where they all can be in the same space no matter how conflicting, no matter mm-hmm. how irrelevant the things are, we just kinda wanna do it all at once, right? And that was just kind of where I was with thing poppy. So I just had this blog and i was like you know what i love to travel i love to write i love to take photos um i love to teach um i love you know praying with people i love doing all these things so i'm just going to make sure that i have that embedded in every single part of this blog so that was what it was for a while and i was um so when i graduated from college i did move to new york where i started off as an intern At SS Magazine, and then eventually became a writer there. So I started writing and then became an editorial assistant, and then I got laid off. So I think this was the um, I guess the what is it called in stories when it's like that the the moment that just happens, like the sudden thing, the the big change. Like that the turning point, yeah. The <laughs> turning point, right? So that was a turning point um without me even realizing, right? So that was a bit of the turning point because the moment I got laid off and I was just like it hit me like, wow, now you really have to figure out what exactly it is that you want to do with life. And I just said to myself, you know what? I'm going to take my blog more seriously. I'm just going to really lean into blogging. So I moved to um, Nigeria um, for a little bit to, you know, kind of clear my head. And then I had moved to Kenya to, uh, and I was volunteering and I was writing and doing um, photography work for nonprofit out there. So I was living out in Kenya as well, which I love, by the way, the most beautiful country I've ever visited ever. Um, And so I was kind of doing that. And then, but I still didn't really feel um like sure you know I kind of I was again I was still kind of like flirting with the idea of just different things um when it came to like writing and creating for Think Poppy and then um I got called by the editor-in-chief at Essence I mean at Essence well, she emailed me she's like hey um are you open because we have some slots open I would love you to come back and interview and all these things and I was like yeah sure so um when I came back to the state. I interviewed and I went back to Essence and then I was kind of doing that, but it just wasn't the same. You know, I feel like the teenage version of me was like, I always wanted to be a writer at a magazine, you know, be on the masthead and as Lola, the writer, you know, or the editor or whatever. And that was just like a dream. But when I got back, I realized that I had a different pull and what I was pulled towards was less like journalism, and more so like teaching right and creating because I loved that and so I was still doing Think Poppy and then I had gotten married that summer and um the whole year went by and one day um I think I had created um what happened I think I was doing so I loved doing flat lays and I was you know doing it all this time and one time on Instagram and people asked me questions about it all the time So one day on Instagram, I just did like this very long, exhaustive caption, just kind of saying like, okay, you know what? This is how I do flat lays. Uh, You know, this is how, this is the kind of boards I use. This is what I used to edit, et cetera, et cetera. Everybody loved it. I was like, wow, okay, this is awesome. I think that was the very first um, picture and caption that I ever wrote that I really experienced this idea of like engagement with my audience like the very first time like everyone was kind of going back and forth like oh my gosh like this was really good or can you tell me more about this and it was just like this introduction to what this kind of like uh teacher student dynamic is like and how fulfilling that is and how enjoyable it was to kind of like impart something that you knew to other people and them to actually appreciate it and want to know more so I just created a mini course I was like you know what I don't have no tools. I don't, you know, have any like crazy software. I just create like this really short mini um, email course on iPhone photography, editing, and how to create flat lays. And from there, and again, I was still doing Think Poppy, but as I mentioned, I was still in the space where I was like, okay, everything I'm passionate about is going to fit into Think Poppy. So I'm doing like, oh, how to create flat lays and do all this other stuff. And I'm talking about travel and my lifestyle and food. And it was just like, just an aggregate of just everything. And then the following year, I remember, um, again, just like months going by, I'm still kind of like, dip, you know, dabbling in this idea of like teaching, um, just, I guess, other content creators how to create content, because they were interested in how I did it. And we were in Mexico, or my husband and I we were in Mexico for our anniversary. I was kind of laying down, I was like, you know what, I just really love like teaching, like, I love like, talking about blogging and what really set it off actually was a blog post that I did I think about a month prior to that or two months prior to that and it was called um 12 truths about blogging and being your own boss so I was just kind of like giving people like the the lowdown on what it really is like to blog full-time because at this time I had left right so I was kind of like done with that chapter in my life and I was like I'm gonna focus on blogging I'm just going to give you everything I got. Right. So I kind of did that for a little bit. Um, and then, I mean, I was in the process of doing that. So when I wrote that blog post, it was just kind of like giving the behind the scenes of, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly, of being a full-time blogger. Right. Cause all we see and know is the good. We don't know how lonely it is. We don't know like how exhaustive it can be. And just all these other things and everyone loved that. And I did another post about blogging. And again, both of these posts when I checked my analytics were the highest um the most views that I've ever gotten on my blog on think poppy that I've had for several years mind you right and I just realized you know what this is the this is what people love right this is what people love hearing from me specifically so after kind of like going through that again we were in Mexico I'm just laying in bed I was like you know what I actually want to start a blog just about what it is about creating content, blogging, branding, and just being your own boss, you know, and, and I was like, you know, I'm gonna call a blogger etiquette. And the name just literally just came to me, I really feel like, Mm -hmm. literally, I'm a person that struggled with coming up with names. But when I came up with Think Poppy, it literally just popped up in my head. And I just ran with it. And everyone loved it. Same thing with blogger etiquette. So I just came up with the name blogger etiquette. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to do this, like, and that was just kind of like the birth of this new chapter of what blogger etiquette was. And again, I just knew that in order to kind of give it my all, I could not simultaneously do that and think Mm properly. And I also knew that I wanted to establish myself as an authority in this idea of blogging. And I didn't want to confuse my audience, right? So I didn't want to give my audience the impression that I was talking about a million things, all at once or you know talk about travel and food and you know style and all these other things when they expect to come to me and learn about content creation and branding and photography and you know and other creative aspects of blogging. So that in essence is just how I just decided to um, I guess tr- I transform from think poppy to blogger etiquette. And I did let everyone know like every one of my email is like hey Um, I'm going through this new transition period where I think Poppy is no longer going to be here. I am now, you know, coming up with a new platform where I'm going to be teaching, um, you know, about blogging and tips about, you know, around that. And, you know, I don't want your email, I don't want to keep sending you emails that you don't want. So if you know that you're not interested in that, you can just kind of like, you know, unsubscribe. And if you are stick around and, you know, we're going to be in for one heck of a ride. But I just, I don't know. I finally found that focus and I, I, it felt good, you know? And even though it was, it was a pretty bittersweet, bittersweet moment leaving Thing Poppy, but I don't know. I, just, I felt good moving in that direction just because it was such, it was, things were just happening consecutively over the span of, the, you know, the last two years leading up to that moment. And I just felt like I was finally in the right space doing exactly what I was meant to be doing.
1: That's really good. And I think that's important that you shared that for you, it was important to um, let your audience know that you were making that transition as well and that you didn't want to be known as the person who does all the things <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> on the internet. Because I think that like I completely resonate with that is that sometimes you want to be known or you want to incorporate all of your interests into um, your personal brand or into what you do. And I think to a certain extent, that can work depending on what you do. But I think if you really want to be known for something specific, like it, it can, it can, exactly. very, it can be very confusing. And um, I, I guess in that process of that, making that transition, like, did you find that there are folks in your audience who were, you know, came and sent you notes and being like, Hey, we're going to miss this. Or, or did you find that people were oh
0: dead, my over? <laughs> like, what was the response? It was honestly, It was both really. It was, and honestly, it was, I'm so glad that I really, you know what? I I knew I had to grow thick skin and be really sure of myself before I made the transition because I just knew it was gonna happen, right? So the moment I switched over, like everyone was like, no, some people, I'm not everyone, but some people like no, like I love Think Poppy. And some people just like, no, this is not okay. And some people like, oh my gosh, I'm excited for you, I'm glad. Or some people like, yeah, I'm excited for you, but I still kind of miss Think Poppy. Um, so it, I mean, I think what they missed about what they loved so much about Think Poppy was just like this kind of like personal, like, I guess, channel to me, it was more like, again, I was more like open and transparent with Think Poppy sharing my journey and just like just this idea of evolving in womanhood because Mm -hmm. you've kind of been keeping up with the journey for so many years right so people who've been following Think Poppy they know about when I first when I published my very first article ever and how pretty excited I was you know they know about when I first got engaged or when I first got the internship at Essence they know about when I got laid off they know about when I moved to Kenya so they just kind of been walking with me in my journey yeah. throughout life and I think like they would they didn't want to kind of like miss out on that but I do appreciate people understanding that I mean it's not necessarily the end of it all but I just wanted to find that space where okay this is my focus this is my work in essence yeah. right so this is the work that I do so and I think a lot of people were were, were, were receptive but then a lot of people were also reluctant which was a good reason you know with all the reasons that I stated because if you've been kind of like with me for the last like five six years and knowing me for one thing, and then one morning you wake up to email like, uh, "Yeah, that's not gonna happen." <laughs> I would get why people would just kind of being yeah. up for. So, but and then it also warmed my heart because it just showed me that you know just how much people cared about think poppy to begin with. Because at the time, I didn't really think that anyone or, you know, was really interested in being popular, people read it or even cared about it. But just, you know, knowing that so many people were so invested in my journey and my success and my, you know, in just evolving all around in my, you know, this idea of becoming whoever Lola is to be. Um, just knowing some people are invested in that was very heartwarming. So I think, there were music mixed, but by now people are kind of used to yeah. it, even though every time I mentioned things everyone was <laughs> like, oh my gosh, I miss it. Like, so <laughs> it's, 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 I still get that, you know, every now and then, but it's, it's all good.
1: <laughs> yeah, I totally get it. Like, it's it's almost like when it's your favorite show is ending and you have that moment of being like, no, I'm not going to see it. Exactly. I mean. But I think the important lesson in like your story and the fact that you've had that evolution is that it's important for us to know that it's okay for us to evolve as creatives, as bloggers, exactly. as entrepreneurs, as people, as human beings, like the person you were today is not going to be the same person that you were in 2010. And that's okay. Um, so I think exactly. that's really important for folks to see who are kind of in that same lens of like wanting to having that itch of like, I want to try something new or I'm feeling pulled and called into a different direction that, sometimes you gotta lead into that voice and be ex- willing to explore and it's okay to let go of um, the old to welcome something new and that people will understand and and the folks that maybe um, you know who are want to stay along for the ride will be there and for folks who might miss it they'll still respect you as the person because you very much are open about your journey on the blogger etiquette right <laughs> yeah. just in a different way
0: yeah I mean and then the thing of, and, I, and I agree with that because I find that one of the biggest reasons why people don't want to rebrand, the reason why people don't want to kind of, like, start or do something new or something different is because they just have this as, like, you know, I don't want to disappoint the people that I yeah. serve now. And that's just the feel. That's definitely the feeling I had with me, Poppy, right? I didn't want to disappoint the audience that I had now. But sometimes, like, as you said, like, you know... And the difficult thing is like that happens, especially when we let our work define us because people yes. identify us with our work and not just as individuals. Mm-hmm. And I wanted people to kind of know the, the difference between, you know, me as a teacher and a writer or whatever. And me as just a woman, a friend, a girl who loves to laugh, who loves avocados and, you know, dry humor, you know, and it's like being able to separate those things and I mean, sometimes people get it, sometimes they won't. And that's okay. I think I have to learn how to be content with other people's opinions and not taking it on as my own or not letting it define the path in which I'm going to take, especially if I'm confident that I'm walking in my purpose. So it's okay to kind of like pivot and do something new, especially if it's contrary to what other people expectation is right so everyone will oh, uh, even leave an essence magazine it was like whoa why would you do that like, yeah. you know that is you know the dream job like you've just made it like that is black girl magic headquarters what are you doing and i got that i completely understood but that space that atmosphere those amazing women that i got to work with they serve such a you know, pivotal purpose in my life in the specific season that I was in, but also helped me transition into the season of Think Poppy. And when that season had, you know, either run its course or I've learned enough or grew enough in that space, it allowed me to move on to, you know, blogger etiquette. And the thing about it is that we don't necessarily have to like dismantle one thing for the sake of a, for the other like yeah. who knows i may start a platform one day and it very very well may be think happy or i just might start sharing the stories and experiences and all these things that i once did before but you know just giving your time the leisure yourself the leisure to kind of explore and just try the new things we get through one life right yes. so we can't live it for for the you know for the sake or for the pleasure of other
1: people so yeah that's just that So important. So you are a teacher at heart. It's something that you're passionate about. And like now with your brand, you've um, started teaching courses and masterclasses. And I read that, that the brand print, which is one of your signature courses was one of the most difficult things that you've done in your business. So I was curious to learn Uh more about like, what made that process so challenging for you? And like, what did you really learn um, from that process?
0: Oh my goodness. Wow. Like just everything, you know, and listen, I am, I am also a person as, as with most creatives who like struggle with perfectionism. Like I oh, yes. unfortunately <laughs> am a perfectionist. So it's like, it's, it's really awful. Like, honestly, let me tell you, I bought a book and I remember I, 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 I couldn't find a highlighter. So I was just underlining the, you know, the important part. And then I went back over with the highlighter when I finally got the highlighter, and I was like, "Oh, this is not pretty." So I'm literally telling my husband, yeah, "I think I'm going to buy another book and just highlight it over." He wasn't like, "Girl, <laughs> <you know, laughs> right?" And you don't know, fix that one, but because it's literally like I just like the little minor kind of details and just like the lines and that same mindset is what I took in creating this course. Unfortunately, right, because it does not, in fact, take that long to create a course because it, I wasn't teaching something that just, you know, I just whipped out the thin air, I was teaching what I knew, what I was an expert in, what I was passionate about. So the content in itself, it came like this, but I, like, you know, easily to me, um, and with experience and research and all that stuff, of course, over the last, you know, few years, but I found that the what made it so difficult is that being a perfectionist, I found myself worrying about the minutiae of what it meant to create a course, right? And then we also have this imposter syndrome, like, you know, what are people going to think? Like, am I even really qualified to be doing this thing? Like, you know, am I just like perpetuating this idea that I'm a teacher, but I'm really not like, you know, where are my receipts? Where's the evidence? Like, so constantly questioning my ability, ability to do what it is that I want to step forth to do um worrying about like the tiny little details and the color palettes and like fonts and, you know, making things like pretty. And in essence, just that whole process is second guessing myself and doubting myself and um, procrastinating, right? Because procrastination is in fact just like a result of perfectionism. We we want things to be so perfect all the time that we just kind of like put it off because we just can't get it to be exactly what we wish it to be right so the combination of all that just made it terrifying and just so overwhelming for me it was like one of the worst and best experiences ever because it did teach me a lot you know it taught me so much about myself it taught me a lot about being a businesswoman and money loves speed meaning like you just can't wait two years to make one course right There's people out here making four or five courses in a span of a year you know and also, you know, the the, the the thrust of your time shouldn't be on just creating one single thing, but creating things and just spending more time sharing those things, right? So you're creating something of importance and you spend the majority of your time pushing it out, sharing, inspiring other people with the work that you did versus being huddled in the office room for, you know, 18-hour days and just creating, 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 and then your audience is just kind of starving. And then also, you know, that's just one half. And it's just, you know, in essence, just like not majoring in the minor. Like, stop worrying about the little things that don't matter. And just do the work and perfect it along the way. So if I would have known that, even honestly, I did know that. But then I did it my way anyways. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So I think like the moving forward, I, I think that I just don't focus too heavily on the minutiae. Like, I don't focus too much on the irrelevant things that don't matter, right? So, okay, the font is this, but you want it to be that. That's fine. They can read it. It's eligible. Let's move on, right? It's like, oh, but this platform, you know what? That's okay. The trial version works just fine. Let's do that. Let's move on. Okay, my audio wasn't as great. It sounded a little echoey. Okay, they can hear you. Let's push it out. When it comes time to do it, we'll re-record it and put it back out again. It's like, don't focus too much on things that don't really matter, right? We overthink everything. And that was the biggest issue that I had. Overthinking, wanting to be a perfectionist, second-guessing myself because I was a perfectionist and not feeling qualified because I was second-guessing myself because I was a perfectionist. So it's almost like letting go of this idea of having to have it all right all the time and just being confident in the work that you do and what you know and just putting it out there, you know? And, you know, just do the work and let it, perfect
1: this, let it perfect itself as you go along. All very important lessons. And I totally resonate with those feelings of perfectionism that come up. Like it really does hinder your your ability to take any action or make any progress if you're always constantly overthinking or spending all of your time in thinking mode versus actually taking uh, those steps. So yeah, it exactly. sounds as if like this, that project for you probably brought a lot of those feelings to the surface
0: and I was forced to deal with all of that stuff head on just like listen this is it now. I mean hindsight 2020 I know way better now so I'm definitely not spending two years working on a single force ever again so you can you can count on that
1: that's that's amazing. But are you still underlining your highlighting your books?
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm just I'm trying my best to ignore it. I just like you know what? I'm just gonna wherever I'm, I start out right now, I will focus on that page and moving forward, yeah. and everything else. Will be okay, <laughs> whatever happened in the past is the past. I'm not I'm not looking. I love
1: thing, it, <laughs> <laughs> baby steps. I totally resonate with that because I'm like so similar with notebooks. It's like, oh no, I messed up this page. I have to rip it out, or I have to like, <laughs> yes. oh my goodness, I have been so frustrating. I've been there. So no judgment here because I understand the struggle. <laughs> yeah, it's so overwhelming. Yeah. So I just wanted to talk quickly about um, wellness and self-care. So as okay. a full-time entrepreneur, um, usually the narrative is very much about like grind and hustle and mm-hmm. all of, um, you know, just obviously putting the work and effort into your business, but not a lot of conversations about, or at least talk from folks on like, what does well being look like for, for them. So I wanted to ask you, like, what does self-care look like for you in your world um, when it comes to what do you do to support your well-being, your mental health? Um, I love just in following you, you're very open about just the, the work that you and the time that you put into your projects. Like, I'll see you at your We workspace, <laughs> uh, <laughs> grinding in the, like, it looks like you're a night, a night owl, if I'm... Yes, no, I, was a, yeah, I love it night, day, everything. Yes, all in between. Like, (laughs) Lola is on her grind making things happen. So I'm curious, like, what does well-being and self-care look like for you as someone who is definitely very disciplined, as you kind of shared earlier with your story of, like, all of those things that you've gone through has really helped strengthen your resilience and discipline. But in terms of just supporting your well-being, like, you're putting a lot of work and effort to making um amazing content and programs and things for your audience but like how do you pour back into you
0: oh wow that's an amazing question um pouring back into me honestly I know it's uh it's just I mean because I know there's so many expectations of like what is you know what you should say like you know Mm -hmm. I spend two hours you know doing yoga or in a bathtub and honestly don't really do much of much of any of that right um but one thing i will say that is super important to me when it comes to self-care is self-love and it sounds probably like cliche like okay but trust me like that is probably one of the least things that we focus on as, as women, as individuals, right? Mm-hmm. Is that we think about the, and this just goes back to like, you know, majoring in the minors. like, we're thinking about taking self-care. We're thinking it has to be like this drastic thing. Like we have to take the hour long bath with the essential oils, or, you know, we have to go a you know, a retreat somewhere in a remote island and get in tune with ourselves. And we have to do all these things, but it's like, you know what? It really starts with self-love to be honest, for me, at least, I've, I've noticed that um with, when, with this idea of what life is, right, like, you know, life has this price, and that price is in love, right, not in gold or money or whatever else, and that price is in love, and the more you love yourself, the higher, you know, value that your life offers, right, and the less you love yourself, the least value your life offers, and why I say that is that, the work that I do, the work that we all do, right? It's people first, right? People over profit. So if we don't love ourselves, we can't give out that love. I Meaning, like in the work that we do, we can't pour out our love and our passion in the work that we do. We can't pour out that love and our passion in our friends and our relationships to our audience because you're serving people, right? So with especially for me, blogger etiquette, it's not just, I'm not just writing like, you know, vague texts and just kind of putting it out in the atmosphere. I'm genuinely thinking about my audience. I'm genuinely thinking about the people that I'm serving. And I have to do that from a place
1: of love. Everything that you said, I can deeply resonated with. And I think it's so important. And if I had a collection plate to plas, I would. <laughs> because you just gave like a word. I was like, yes, this is so good. I just wanted to give you like a round of applause. But I'm like, no, let me be quiet. <laughs> fantastic so um just wanted to like as we like wrap up i just wanted to thank you for just being so transparent with sharing your wisdom and your story um as we kind of close our conversation what is maybe one thing that you want maybe aspiring bloggers or creatives or entrepreneurs to know about success maybe even something that you wish you had known
0: uh when you had started Um, one thing, and I I think I say this all the time is just really, just be all the way in or get all the way out. It's like, there's really no halfway, like, you know, you can't halfway do the work, right? You can't halfway be present. You can't halfway create amazing content. You can't halfway be consistent. It's either you're consistent or you're not. It's either you're putting in the effort or you're not, you know, it's either you are, you know really doing the work or you're not. There's no shortcuts, there are no hacks to this idea of success. And also that, you know, it takes time. You said one thing I'm thinking I'm going to say do right. So also the patience, right? It takes time. I know it's so easy to kind of look, especially in this day and age of um this day and age of social media, to look and just think like, oh wow, she blew up out of nowhere. This happened overnight. <laughs> trust me, trust me, trust me, it did not. Every, and even like with me, like some, some people probably, you know, see blogger etiquette and think like, oh my gosh, like, you know, this or that, not even knowing like this was, you know, as I told you, like years in the making without me even knowing. So people have, or just like this idea of me being able to create content, I've been doing this since, for the last 10 years. So, and nobody knew who I was. So it's like everything with success, everything um, with being an entrepreneur, it takes time, it takes consistency, and it takes work. And there are no shortcuts. So as I said, it's either you're all the way in when it comes to doing the work and being present and getting it done, or you're all the way out. Now, this is not the same thing as like, oh, you know, quit your nine to five jobs to become an entrepreneur. I don't mean that. I mean, mm-hmm. when you're at your nine to five, be present, right? Be there, do the work, show up. But when you are working on your side hustle, your passion project, whatever, whatever, you know, side thing you to be an entrepreneur, you have to be present in that too and give it your all. And be consistent in doing that and also being patient and waiting to see the return and not, you know, giving up when things become difficult. So because success is not an open life thing, right? It's a two, three, five, ten, sometimes even for some people, 15 year thing. And it's relative. So your success will not look like anybody else's. Somebody's success can just be, oh, I made a million. Yours can be a hundred thousand, or it can even be a thousand. Oh, yours can not even be money at all. It could just be in the fulfillment of the work that you're doing. Yours can be publishing a book, whether or not you made money from it or not. You know, yours could just be in one post that went viral and you got your message heard. So success is is an independent, it's a personal thing. And it's a patience thing and it's a you gotta be consistent and all the way in type of thing. So that's what I'll say to um you said definitely said say one thing and i'm sure i said at least five so thank you know. <laughs> <laughs> Oh,
1: all, all great i love it so thank you so much lola this thank was
0: you so for fun. having me this was such a great talk even though we had a, you know the struggle in the beginning
1: yes we, <laughs> it's all about rolling with it or not worrying yes. about it so thank you so much and thanks for thank joining you us. for having me awesome There were so many gems in my conversation with Lola. We talked about how you can find your purpose through understanding your own journey, the importance of not majoring in minor things, from how perfectionism can crumble us and keep us from making progress. And most of all, how the things that we might be going through at this moment are actually preparing us for the future now before we wrap up the episode I want us to pause for my favorite part which is our self-discovery reflection questions today we have three questions that were inspired by my discussion with Lola so grab a pen or a journal or open up your notes app on your phone and jot down these questions You can also find all the questions from every episode on our website at filteredperceptions.co. Now, here we go with question number one. Do you believe you would have everything you have now if it wasn't for your past experiences? Question number two. Where are you majoring in minor things in your life? Question number three, how can perfectionism delay progress? Now, if you complete this practice, I would love to hear what your experience has been or if you even feel comfortable in sharing. You can use the hashtag filteredperceptions on Instagram and Twitter. I would love to see how this process has been working for you. Now, we're almost towards the home stretch of season one. I'm finishing up some of our final episodes and already preparing for season two. If you're enjoying our content so far, I would really appreciate if you could take a moment to rate and review on your favorite podcast, and especially on Apple Podcast, where it helps us be discovered by even more listeners. But above all, I'm thankful for all of you who tune in week after week, who share your messages and DMs and comments. It really helps keep me going every week to know that all of our conversations have been helping you to be able to explore your own definitions of success, as well as to do your own self-discovery about well-being and self-care in your own life. Now, we'll be back in two weeks with our next episode. And until then, thanks for listening.